Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for January 13. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. Everyone loves a good story. Millions have enjoyed Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and millions more, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. The Bible has been described as the greatest story ever told. Many would agree, but rarely read it or think about it. They have yet to see the depths of the epic and feel the riches of its narrative wash over them, bringing them new hope, vitality and joy. I'll be talking about this more shortly. The Word on Wednesday is a ministry of the Anglican Connection, which is not just for Anglicans. Everyone is welcome. Furthermore, let me invite you to register for an online conference we are holding in early February. The title is The Majestic Glory in an Age of Change. The Unchanging God of Love and Beauty, Goodness, Justice and Compassion. You can register at www.anglicanconnection.com But you need to register by January 28. A reading from the Gospel of St. Mark. Chapter 1, verses 4 through 13. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Everyone loves a good story. Millions have enjoyed Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and millions more, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. The Bible has been described as the greatest story ever told. Many would agree, but rarely read it or think about it. Deep down, we long for a better experience of life and a certainty about the future. The question is, where can we find it? This was a key issue that confronted C.S. Lewis. Holding a triple first from Oxford in classics and philosophy and literature, Lewis's atheism was challenged during his mid to late twenties. 
as he wrote in Mere Christianity, atheism was too simple. If the whole universe has no meaning, we would never have found out that it has no meaning. He began to ask, if God exists, was there a time when he revealed himself to the world? With his deep understanding of literature, Lewis asked whether the myths were really echoes of one true story. Prompted by a remark from a colleague at Oxford, he began to read the four Gospels. He noted particularly that unlike the myths and stories of literature, the accounts about Jesus of Nazareth were set in the context of history. Indeed, friends such as J.R.R. Tolkien pointed out that Jesus' resurrection was historical. With these thoughts in mind, come with me to the opening lines of the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of the Gospel, the good news, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. With these words, Mark set the agenda for his writing. He wants to demonstrate to his readers that Jesus is the Christ, the Hebrew Messiah. He also wants us to know that this Jesus is the Son of God. So at the outset, we're introduced to an extraordinary idea. Jesus is both truly human and truly divine. Despite what the voices of social media tell us, most people have an awareness that God is there. Yes, some people look at the world with all of its sufferings and reject God outright. But most people still have a sneaking suspicion that He does exist. What they don't like about the idea that God exists is that He might be an interferer and call everyone to account. That said, many high-level research scientists throughout the ages have no problem with the idea of the existence of God. For example, Francis Collins, the scientific director of the U.S. government's Human Genome Project, said, It's humbling for me, and awe-inspiring, to realize that we have caught the first glimpse of our instruction book, previously known only to God. Having a sense that God might exist is one thing. Believing that we can relate to God is another. But this is just what the Bible tells us. We can know God personally. Imagine you wanted to get to know Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. You could try writing her a letter, or calling Buckingham Palace. You could even try standing outside the gates of the palace. The reality is that our only real chance to meet the Queen would be if she decided she wanted to meet us. And yet this is what the Bible is telling us that God has done in Jesus Christ. It tells us that God wants to meet us and that Jesus Christ is the one he's chosen to make the introduction. And that is why Mark and the other Gospel writers wrote their accounts of Jesus. They knew that getting to know Jesus Christ is the most important thing we can ever do. Consider what we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up from out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. A voice from heaven said, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. 
They are similar words to those when Jesus was transfigured in front of three of his close followers on a mountain, described in Mark chapter 9. But there's a very significant difference. God's words on the mountain were addressed to the disciples. Here they are addressed to Jesus. God's words on both occasions echo the introduction of God's servant that we find in Isaiah chapter 42, the servant who would suffer and die for the sins of the people. The words at Jesus' baptism also echo Psalm 2 verse 7, where God greets the Messianic King as his Son. Jesus would have understood immediately what God the Father was confirming about the relationship between them. He is uniquely God's eternal Son, and as such, He had a mission to fulfill here on earth. The journey that was beginning here for Jesus at the River Jordan was going to finish at Golgotha. Did it all happen, or was it just another story? Historians in the first century, such as Tacitus and Josephus, confirm that Jesus lived and died. Josephus also records that Jesus' followers saw him physically alive following the crucifixion. Accounts such as these have convinced many throughout the centuries, including C.S. Lewis. The Bible invites us into its narrative, beginning with the creative act of God and ending with God gathering us into a life of great beauty that stretches into eternity. It's the story of God's action in cleaning up the mess that we have made of the world and ourselves. So let me ask, when did you last read the Gospel of Mark? Is Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God? Have you turned to Him and become part of the story?
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for this week. O God, you revealed your Son to the nations by the guidance of a star. Lead us by your glory in heaven, by the light of faith. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people, and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family, and in obedience to your laws, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you, and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. Philip Stopford's setting of Markland's poem, Do Not Be Afraid, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And remember to register for the Anglican Connection online conference at www.anglicanconnection.com.